This is The Difference, a podcast for nonprofit fundraising in a for-profit world, presented by Convergent Nonprofit Solutions, a leader in nonprofit fundraising. Convergence professionals can help your nonprofit secure sustainable funding now and for the future. Hello, I'm Jay Worth with Convergent Nonprofit Solutions, and I'm pleased to have as my guest, Tony Martinetti. And Tony, I'm going to let you introduce yourself with the name of your company and what it is that you do best in the world of fundraising. Jay, thank you very much for hosting. My work is all around planned giving fundraising. Uh, My company is Martinetti Planned Giving Advisors. Uh, It's all at TonyMartinetti.com. I've been in planned giving since 1997. So this is my 26th year devoted to launching planned giving fundraising at small and mid-sized nonprofits. Have you seen planned giving changed in terms of its emphasis over 26 years? The the beauty of planned giving is that it really doesn't change that much. Uh, only when there are enormous tax code changes or you know estate estate tax changes and those come quite rarely uh but but even for for small and mid-sized shops that are just launching planned giving the tax code really has very little impact i encourage those small and mid-sized shops to launch planned giving with simple gifts in wills a charitable bequest gift in will you know they mean the exact same thing and those never change by tax code uh, we're talking about, you know, alongside a donor's spouse, partner, children and grandchildren, there's a gift for your work in their will. Do planned giving experts sometimes make it too complicated? You're being so generous to most of the planned giving council that I know. Yeah, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of nasty myths around planned giving. And one of them you're alluding to is that it's complicated. We have to offer lots of opportunities, lots of different gift alternatives like charitable remainder unit trust with net income makeup provisions. And that does exist, by the way. I didn't just make that up out of, that's not just a string of words. It really does exist. But the simplicity of planned giving for small and mid-sized shops is when you start with gifts in wills, you're leveraging three things that are universal about wills. Everybody knows what wills are. Everybody knows they need a will, and everybody knows how wills work. So that has advantages for your donors because they immediately understand what you're talking about. And it also has advantages for your team because you don't need to educate your gift officers or your volunteers about charitable remainder unit trusts with net income makeup provisions and how that can be advantageous for a couple that needs you know greater income or something it's all very simple. We're talking about wills. Everybody knows what a will is. Everybody knows they need one. And everybody knows how wills work. So that simplicity betrays a lot of those nasty myths, like the one that says we have to do lots of gift alternatives. And the one that says we need a lawyer. We're going to have, to have, a, lawyer. We're going to have, to have a lawyer on the board or a volunteer lawyer helping us somehow. Not true. Not true. You start with simple gifts in wills and Everybody knows what you're talking about. So I'm curious, is it important, though, when you're writing a will to have legal counsel? I know you can go online 
and find a website that purports to assist you in setting up your will. Yeah, on the donor side, there's an attorney that I, I think we should encourage folks to hire. Yes, the donors need an attorney. On the nonprofit side, we don't need an attorney on our board. We don't need a. We don't need to engage an attorney or even a plan giving consultant to really to to, to help us get launched. I mean, I do a lot of retainer based plan giving consulting. At the most basic level, it's it's doable without expertise. So, are you saying then basically any size of nonprofit organization should be considering a plan giving component to their fundraising? The only constraint that I put on it is that I think the organization should be at least five years old. You should have at least a five-year history because we're asking folks to include your work in their will. They need to be comfortable knowing that your nonprofit is going to last longer than they do, that you're going to outlive them because that's right. these are all gifts of cash at the donor's death. So if an organization is fewer than five years old, of course, there's a lot of passion for the work. I just think there's not quite enough history for donors to be confident that the organization is going to outlive them. So I look for that five years. And beyond that, if you have individual donors, meaning you know, you're know you not strictly foundation funded or uh, revenue, you know, fee-for-service funded, if you have individual donors, you can talk to folks about planned giving fundraising, about including you in their wills. Is the trend rising for the amount of dollars that are going into planned giving instruments uh, as simple as a will? Have you seen that trend over the last few years that there's more dollars uh, moving in that direction? Yeah. If you follow the the annual survey of, of giving that comes out from the Indiana University, it comes out every June, I think, June or July. The numbers are increasing. The numbers of bequests are increasing dollars they they measure dollars not number of gifts number of dollars is increasing as is the number of dollars devoted from individual giving now of course there that there was a decline in the pandemic but numbers are coming back i continue to see interest in simple gifts in wills because you're talking to people about how important your work is in the community what would the future look like if our work ceased to exist in our community 15, 20, 25 years from now. How detrimental would that be to our community? The gifts that you're talking to folks about are intended to prevent that ugly future from ever happening because they're devoted to your long-term. These are long-term gifts. They're devoted to your sustainability. I was able to reference as you were answering that question, the Giving USA 2022 survey, and that's what we're referring to. Thank you, Giving USA. Yes, thank you, Jay. In fact, bequests, and that is gifts by, via estates alone, made up 9% of donations in the last report, twice what corporations gave. And that's why one good reason why you should have a planned giving component uh, to your fundraising, because it is individuals who really make the difference. And I think you just answered my next question is, what makes the term endowment sexy? Because most of us think of it as not a very sexy term. I think you just answered it by saying, dazzle of this is long-term sustainability, right? Exactly. I don't know if we can make endowment uh, truly sexy, but it's enormously important. You know, we have to be focused on the immediate, of course. We've got immediate needs. Running any nonprofit successfully 
also means planning for the long term. And that's where endowment, that perpetual savings account, it becomes so important. Does plan giving hurt other fundraising efforts, the annual fund, for instance, or a capital campaign that you want to undertake to build a building or uh, implement a five-year program of work, which is often what uh, Convergent is engaged in. I love it, Jay, because you're, you're getting to these insidious, hateful myths of planned giving. One of the, Another one of them is, this is going to hurt our long-term, hurt our other fundraising. You know, I hear this sometimes from, from board members, regrettably. This is going to challenge us on the annual fund, and it's going to impinge on our major giving. We, we, we can't do it. You know, the, the, the naysayers... It's, it's actually the exact opposite. Uh, I've got anecdotes and I've also got quantitative research. Anecdotally, I've seen this. Again, I've been in planned giving since, since 1997, 26 years. I've seen hundreds of people through the years increase their other giving after they've told the organization that they've included it in their wills or maybe some other type of planned gift. But the place to launch is gifts and wills. And the reason is, they feel so close to that nonprofit's work now that they've told you. Because what have they done in the example in the in the and again, wills are the most popular planned gifts. That's where I like to that's why I like to focus on them. They're the place to start, and they are by far the most popular planned gift. They've put you alongside their spouse, partner, children, grandchildren, and maybe sometimes even dear friends work their way into our wills. They feel that close that their other giving increases. And that's okay. You might say, well, Tony Martinetti, you know, 26 years of anecdotes. Well, he doesn't really know much. You know, he's, he's got a bunch of anecdotes times 26 years. Well, that's, that's a, okay. You don't have to take my anecdotal information times 26 years if you don't want to. You can uh, read the research of Professor Russell James at Texas Tech University. He studies planned giving quantitatively, it's his body of research. And he has research that shows that roughly 75% of people who tell the organization that they've included it in their wills, and his research is specifically wills, no other types of planned gift in, in, this, in this study, wills, they've told you they're in, that you're in their will, 75% of folks increase, increase their other giving. And I think the reason is what I just mentioned earlier that they feel so close to you. I've got lots of years of anecdotes and you've got Professor Russell James at Texas Tech studying this quantitatively. You might agree that let's say someone has said, yes, I am including you in my will. I would imagine you would encourage the organization not to say, well, that's over. Uh, we've got that in our bag. So I guess we don't have to uh, communicate as frequently or as often. You're right about that. I would not counsel that that's a good idea. Stewardship is important. You know, people could change their minds. Uh, very few do. Uh, it could happen. These are now long-term investors. They're long-term committed to your work. And what have they done? Again, put you alongside their spouse, partner, children, grandchildren in their wills. They love your work. You're not going to cut them off. No, you're going to welcome them to your recognition society. And I work with clients on, on creating a recognition society and making that meaningful. You're going to thank them effusively. You're going to treat them as insiders, whether that's communications, invitations, whatever you're doing for your other insiders, I encourage you to do. And I counsel my clients to do the same 
for these folks who have made commitments to you in their wills? You have developed an interesting program that you call the Planned Giving Accelerator, and we'd like to know all about it. That's an annual course. Uh, I, I teach it annually, once a year. Runs from March through May. So we're finished. We finished by Memorial Day. So there's no impinging on your summer vacation plans at all. Uh, we'll be finished before your kids are out of school. Over those 12 weeks, uh, we meet once an hour online as a group. And I walk folks step by step through how to launch planned giving at their small and mid-sized nonprofits. Uh, the outcomes are incredible. We've got a small humane society in Athens, Georgia, that raised over $4 million in planned giving commitments. I've got an, an arts agency, uh, international arts agency, but based in New York City, uh, raised uh, over $650,000 in planned gift commitments. Uh, there's a social service agency out in Oregon, $235,000 in planned gift commitments. Those are just some of the examples of small, mid-sized shops that have been successful in planned giving after the accelerator. Fundraising is about storytelling. I'm firmly convinced that's the most effective way to raise money is with stories. What's one of your favorite planned giving stories over your 26 years of helping organizations in this arena? Oh, you make me think about a small historical society. They had one full-time employee. I think their annual budget was $315,000 or something like that. Low 300s was their annual budget. One full-time employee. We did uh, a first mailing to them, for them to about 200 folks. And we got back six checkoffs. Six people sent back a reply card that said, either I've already included the agency in my will, or I will include the agency in my will. That's a small agency, one full-time employee, mailing to a small amount, just 200 or so. That goes to the loyalty. You know, it's the, the love of the work. That's why folks put you in their wills. It's not the tax consequences that, you know, that we, we hopefully we debunked that myth early on when you asked about, you know, tax changes. It's, it's the love of the work. They love your work. And when you're talking to the right donors about planned gifts, they are ready for the conversation. I love your enthusiasm for planned giving. It really comes across in our conversation. And I want to give our listeners the opportunity to contact you with their interest. How do we contact Tony? Look at my work at TonyMartinetti.com. You'll also see that I host a podcast. Planned giving and the podcast are on the same site. Maybe that's not so marketing savvy, but that's the way it is. It's all at TonyMartinetti.com. And you can always shoot me an email, Tony at TonyMartinetti.com. Let's spell Martinetti because there's a silent letter in your last okay. name. TonyMartinetti.com. My last name is spelled M-A-R-T-I-G-N. E-T-T-I. If you well, want to do a, the Americanized version, it would be Martignetti. That hurts my ears, so don't say that too often. Thank you so much, Tony. And if you'd like to know more about the work of Convergent Nonprofit Solutions, go to convergentnonprofit.com. That's convergentnonprofit.com. Check on the resources 
page for a listing of all of our podcasts and other helpful information for your fundraising. Thanks for listening.